Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75, two-time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, and fresh off of an intense bit of exercise out in the Big Apple. The one and only Tony Casillas, TC. What up? I'm doing great, RJ. Great to be with you. I will say this. You, you mentioned I went to New York. I am feeling the after the aftermath of that because I walked, I walked, and I walked. But what do they say? Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> you were saying uh, just before we started recording, you walked 18 miles in two Eight. days. Um, yeah. That's nuts. Uh, did you did you well, dress appropriately? Like, did you wear the right shoes for this, this venture? No, or were, were you, like, dressed nice and then you paid for it later? Well, the first day I got there, we hit the ground running. That's what my wife says. Well, you know, we're going to New York. And I'm like, okay. And I, she loves New York. She has a passion for it. And she likes to walk in the city and, and all that and likes to shop and everything. It's during the holidays, so that's the best time to go to New York City. So I, I dressed accordingly uh, in shoes accordingly, more of a, you know, more of a cross trainer. Mm-hmm. But the next day we were, we were, I'm trying to think, I had a moment where I have this uh, kind of cantankerous moment. I, my w- wife calls them a-hole attacks. I mean, I'm going to be honest, I'm all transparent here on the 750 <laughs> and everyone that's out there listening, if you're married and you have a relationship, sometimes we have that. Yeah. So I kind of had that, but then I, we were dressed, uh, for dinner. Then I wore my boots and then little, I really, little did I realize, and I should have realized at the time that I was going to walk and, and to your point, uh, had blisters on my feet. And Yikes. so let me just tell you that if you're ever in New York, you're going to walk a lot, so make sure it's you want to look cool, you want to look stylish like everyone else there, but don't worry about that. You gotta, you'd rather be, be very comfortable and not having blisters on your feet uh, when it comes to walking that much. Wow. Uh, well, hopefully you're uh, you're on the mend. Um, I saw the photos because you were sharing some photos. You were you clearly had some downtime, you know, in between stores or in between restaurants and, and all the high society stuff uh, to um, to share some <laughs> photos. And I'm I'm not. I don't know, like, I, so I've, I've just become a father. And so I'm, I'm experiencing all these new things in life. Right. And I don't know if this is in my future or not, but I know that some dudes as they age get into Hallmark, the Hallmark channel, because it's just on in, in your house a lot. You, you watch some Hallmark movies, Tony? Have you have you watched a couple in your day? Uh, you know what? I, I do watch them. And it's so interesting. <laughs> someone someone had tweeted something out and there was actually a show on the Hallmark channel, a Christmas show. I'm trying to think of it. I have to pull it up. But the writer that wrote this particular oh, show right. for the Hallmark, yeah. uh, the, the name of the bakery was Casillas Bakery. Because she was a and big OU was, fan. Right, right. So I'm thinking, that's pretty cool. She based it on me because she was an OU fan. I don't know if that's, you know, that's this ironic or whatever. So I, so I actually watch it. But to your point, um, I'm not quite there yet because there's a lot of other material. And I guess I'm officially old once you do that. But uh, to, to your point, I, there's some of them I try to watch during the holiday season. But right. it's just kind of – they're kind of – I mean, they're good. But except the one I was just mentioning, the one about the Casillas Baker, they're kind of a little hokey. But, uh, no, I, to your well, point, uh, no. I haven't, yeah. I haven't given up that card yet. 
So two things. One, uh, there will not be a Riley Bakery in any of this woman's films uh, in the future. I think we can say that pretty comfortably. Oh, no. uh, but second thing, <laughs> the reason I the reason I think of it. So my uncle, I don't know if I've ever told you this. And we're about to get into the Cowboys talk. My uncle played on the Texas A&I Javelina teams in the 80s that won uh, the national championship with Daryl Green and and, uh, and Juan Castillo. And so he was a defensive tackle. And so he like sometimes in my mind, you and him are the same person just because you all have the same kind of profile. And uh, and he's like mega into Hallmark movies. And so um, well, you can say we're the same age. We're older. Um, <laughs> no, just I'm just a little so, more mature. No, I, but, I, but no, you I, looked I, your photos from New York looked straight out of a Hallmark movie. You know what I mean? Like because you were in front of all these trees well, and see, all these and decorations. That's a, great, that's a great part about, as I mentioned, uh, when we started our, our podcast is that that's why we like to go during this this time of the year. We mm-hmm. went like three years ago. You know, my wife and I, when I went to New York for New York Minute for two years, my uh, NFL career, she just loved New York. And so the best time to go back, and I'll give you advice, is to go there during the holiday season. You go down Fifth Avenue, Rockefeller Plaza, the Christmas tree. It's very festive, and the energy is, is going, and – the fact that we all had COVID, uh, had to deal with that. But uh, that's the reason why we like to go. We thought, well, let's go. Uh, it's, let's kind of get in the Christmas spirit. So that's a, the best time to go to New York is during the Christmas holidays. Good. Uh, the lights, the you know decorations, it's all it's all wonderful. It's a wonderful life. Yeah, and as, so as we did said. go to Chinatown. And I got to tell you this, we will get into Dallas Cowboy talk. We got to get into that. And one of the hottest teams that they're playing this week in their division the Washington, uh, I'm not going to say it, Washington football team. There you um, go. So we went to Chinatown and we went to this place. And so it, it's called a Dempson. It's, it's it's food that you have. And I'm probably not pronouncing that the right. But anyway, uh, you go in there and it's very authentic. Uh, it's on Canal Street in New York City. And it's all this shopping. You know, it's kind of like a, it's a market, right? So we go in there and we're hungry because we hadn't eaten because I've already walked like 12 miles. Yeah, you've, bur- you've burned 10,000 calories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, honey, I need to stop and eat something. So we stop and we love that the Chinese food. So we go in there, RJ, and they're bringing out all this, all this food, and they bring it out, and they, it's 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 like little proportions. You try a little bit of everything. It's a la carte. Mm-hmm. So, see, my wife looks in there, and she, the, the lady that comes out with the cart, opens it up, and she, she, my wife looks in, and she gives this look. I'm like, what is that? I just see her face, like she, it's kind of disgusting. Well, it was chicken feet. Okay. Okay. So they bring the feet out, and I and then so I'll try anything once. RJ, let me tell you, that's the worst thing. The smell and everything almost threw up everything. I didn't post a picture. I think my wife did, but man, that's what you you go to New York and experience that. But to make a long story short, if you don't understand the, and they're they're not describing what you're eating in a restaurant, yeah, it's it's at your own risk, man. Well, um, <laughs> I'm glad you got to experience all of the sights and all of the sounds. Um, that you got to, who knows, maybe you were in a Hallmark movie as a guest in the background, you know, just um, good times. Uh, maybe, I may have been an extra. I mean, we were maybe. there. <laughs> maybe. Um, so, okay, you mentioned it. Um, I'm sure, you know, I've, I've actually never been to New York. The only time I've ever been to New York is in the Spider-Man video games because you you get to swing through the, the, the streets in New York, which is always fun. But um, never been to New York and certainly never been at Christmas time. I bet D.C. is a nice place to visit around Christmas time. The lights there got to be, you know, quite the show. Uh, the Cowboys will be there, Tony, on Sunday to face off against the Washington football team. Here's the thing. I know nobody wants to hear this. All right? I know everyone's going to say, no way, RJ. I don't agree with this. I'm sure you're going to say this, Tony. A couple of weeks ago, when the Cowboys went to Kansas City, everybody said, this is the game of the year. This is the biggest game of the season for the Cowboys. Blah, 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 blah. 
it was not. I mean, if, if we're being literal in terms of the value associated with the game, it was an AFC team. Again, you know, you don't ever want to lose, but if you're going to lose to somebody, you want it to be against an AFC team. And if the Cowboys had truly felt like that game was super duper important, they would have played Tyron Smith because he was close and they didn't because they, they realized that was a game you could risk. This is not a game you can risk. This is objectively speaking, the biggest game of the season for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know whether or not you believe Washington is, you know, real or if they're, you know, just kind of, you know, a little bit of a pretender. Maybe, you know, they did beat the Buccaneers. They, they've won four games in a row, obviously. Um, but the fact that the Cowboys are going to play them twice in three weeks, if they win this one, they really, really, really kind of put a stranglehold on this thing. Whereas if they lose it, it becomes a, a much difficult, a much more difficult proposition over the next coming weeks. Um, are you scared? Are you nervous? How are you feeling? No, I think it's great. I think it's great for the, the, the division. It's amazing. If we go back and we, how we rated this team, we did our rankings beginning of the season, the fourth game of the season, eighth game of the season. And we look at the power rankings. Cowboys are probably around six and seven. But then when you look at Washington with all their struggles and all of a sudden they won four straight. And I think they're, they're kind of a, they're a scary team right now. You mentioned what scares you. Well, I think their defense gives them a really good chance. And Taylor Heineke, uh, Heineke, he gives them a chance to, he's a serviceable, serviceable guy. He kind of reminds me of Gardner Minshew. He's a a guy. Yeah. He's got a little bit of that moxie to him. Uh, Last week against the Raiders in the last drive. I mean, he wasn't great during the game. He had one interception, I believe two touchdowns. Um, but the last drive when they needed to move the ball, it was four or five, and they were able to go and kick the field goal and beat the Raiders. So they, he can do enough to make plays and, and not make a whole lot of mistakes, and I think he's unflappable. I think that's some of his teammates, they like him. Because, look, he's going he's gonna to face some adversity, but he's going to come back. He's still going to sling it. But I think their defense and the fact that the Cowboys have struggled to run the football – and that's what this the the front seven, the front four. You know, Chase Young is not he, he needs out for the season, but you look right. at some of the other players they have on him. To me, that's the ultimate matchup there. Because they do have a, a, a leader, a quarterback, and a team believes in the locker room. And I think that's going to be the matchup in this game. Can the Cowboys run the football against the Washington's defense? So I agree. They are kind of becoming what a lot of people thought they could be at the beginning of the season. This they're still not playing at the level their defense was last year. And, you know, to be fair, you know, I did not believe they were going to be this elite defense again, just because there's generally regression on that side of the ball. I don't think anybody thought they would be awful the way they were for the first half of the season, but they, they have kind of stopped the skid. They're kind of a top five, top seven ish defense right now, and they're getting just enough on offense. But, you know, I agree with you. Taylor Heineke, it's, he's the second best quarterback in the division, right? Like we're, we're willing to say that easily. It's Dak and then and then there's a mountain of a, of a gap and then it's Taylor Heineke and then there's another mountain before there's anybody else. Um, so good for Taylor. Taylor's put together a nice little NFL career, you know, given the crazy events of the last year and whatnot. You, you know, you mentioned he's, he reminds you of Gardner Minshew. When I was uh, writing an article, I was using a photo of him and it was right after they beat the Raiders last week. 
and I, I, I'm willing to admit that some of it was the number, but the way he had his cap on and the way his arms were raised, it just, he, he looked like a vintage, like kind of 90s quarterback. You know what I mean? Like he just kind of looked like mm-hmm. that to me. He kind of had this yeah. Brett, this Brett Favre look. I, again, I know he's number four, um, but he's just, you know, he's, he's, he gets it done ugly, right? Like that's, that's his thing. Like he's not flashy or sexy or anything. Um, and so this, this team has not really struggled against great quarterbacks. They didn't, they didn't get lit up by Patrick Mahomes or Derek Carr. There was a lot of penalties, obviously, against Carr. But, I mean, he, this is not a walk in the park. This is a difficult game. Um, and so, yeah, I think it makes sense to be nervous. And, and again, especially because they are the only team in the division that controls their destiny against the Cowboys because they still play them twice. And that's twice mm-hmm. in three weeks. And so this this is tough. I mean, this is not an easy proposition by any means. I want to ask you, you mentioned Cowboys got to be able to run the football. That has not happened. I don't know what has happened to Kellen Moore. He's so broken. I don't know why he thinks running it between the tackles <laughs> is a good idea uh, right now. Th- this is hypothetical. Would you rest Zeke? Because he is clearly not right. And that's not an indictment on Zeke. But w- would you rest him? Would you ensure that he is right? Because while they play Washington twice in the next three weeks, they have five games left, Tony, and four of them are against the NFC East. Yeah, I was watching the game last night against New England, and New England ran the ball like 49 times because it was an element game. There was not going to be any passing game whatsoever. And they were able to win the game basically by running the football. You know, Mac Jones made some plays, but ultimately, and I thought about Dallas. I thought about Dallas, and you get an element game like that, and you have to run the football. And if, let's just say you had to, you went on the road, you had to play in Green Bay tomorrow or this weekend, or even, you know, Washington, where the elements can change so abruptly, right? And I thought, well, what would, that, what would Dallas do? Would they be able to go and just really just roll their sleeves up and run the football? And the answer to me would be no, based on what I saw. To your point about um, Zeke Elliott, I was thinking he's obviously not right. Mm-hmm. His body language and compared to Tony Pollard, it's just, just a lot slower moving. It's not moving. He's not right. So to your point, as much as I'd want, as much as Zeke wants to be out there, because I think part of him is in, in someone's whisper, he's whispering in his ears, that you got to stay out there because the more you stay out there, you know, Tony Pollard, when you have someone that is like on your heels, a lot of people think that Tony Pollard is a better running back than Zeke right now. Maybe it's because of injuries or just because of the wear of tennis body. You go with Tony Pollard. So I think that the problem is, is like, who are you going to the who are you going to have to divide the reps with now with Tony Pollard, you know, the backup to those two guys? I mean, mm-hmm. what's your decision? But I would not put I would not feature Zeke Elliott. I would start Tony Pollard. OK, and give him most of the work. And if Zeke brings him in, maybe get him like sparingly for some plays. But right now I would give him some rest time because he, he needs it. And look, if you're talking about. The rest of December and November, you're going to need Z. So if any time people, you know, we talked about early, like, you know, resting Tyron Smith and these guys, and this is an important game. And you're thinking about, you're thinking about the future. If, if, if Zeke was like 90%, I mean, what do you, what do you think Zeke is right now? I would say he looks like he's about 60% maybe. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a line where, you know, X percent of Zeke is still better than a hundred percent of Tony Pollard. Like there, that's, there, that's there, used, there yeah. used to be that, that point of demarcation. Obviously yeah. that's, that's adjusted right. over the years. Um, and you're like, I guess like the tipping point for Zeke is now like, I mean, you said he's at 60. I think the tipping point's now like at 80, just, just because Tony's that good as well. 
And so well, that's what know. I'm saying. So what are you going to get? So that's my point is that it, two years ago, you would say 70% and Tony yeah, was a throw lot him out younger. There. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as being able to, you know, what are you going to get from him now? You know, set the running game up a little bit more with Tony Pollard because he's healthy and, and, and really, you know, not to discount what they did against New Orleans, but there's only that two big plays where they, they really nothing. got all the yardage. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Yeah. So even Tony Pollard couldn't run. So I think it's a combination of both. You know, Zeke is not healthy. You know, the feature Tony Pollard, but the offensive line is just not playing very good inside the tackles. Well, even meant- on uh, the yeah, perimeter, you- they just, there's no room to run. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You mentioned the, the, the one play, the 58-yard touchdown that Tony yeah. had. Uh, that was outside of the tackles, first of all, mm-hmm. Kellen Moore. Maybe maybe do that more often. Uh, but, but even still, that play only happened because Tony Pollard made like six dudes miss. You know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't. You know, there wasn't this lane that that's, you know, sealed because of, of the way, you know, the play came together or anything like that. Um, I did check while you were speaking, Tony. I was listening very carefully. But because uh, you mentioned the weather. <laughs> you were listening Bu- to me. Come on. <laughs> well, you mentioned the weather in <laughs> Buffalo on Monday night, which, again, was crazy. Um, but so the 10 day forecast for Washington, D.C., um, the coldest day over the next 10 days. And again, we're recording this on Tuesday. Um is uh okay well it's actually pretty cold the early part of this week but it will warm up so friday high of 55 saturday high of 72 so all right saturday is a pretty beautiful day in dc right it's high of 72 low of 40 oh, wow. if, if you're if you're tony casillas walking around christmas shopping global you know, warming right yeah. uh Wear but, shorts but, long short sleeve shirt so high is 72 on saturday on sunday game day high drops to 50 the high is 50 the low is 30 there are projected to be a.m. showers. Keep in mind, this is a noon kickoff. Uh, well, 1 p.m. Eastern um, in, in D.C. Um, it is a 42 percent chance of precipitation uh, with winds out of the northwest at nine miles an hour. So not exactly heavy winds, um, but it could be an extremely cold game is my point. And uh, That's maybe, maybe some maybe some to- light rain. Compared, you know, it's just Monday night's game. This is nothing. I mean, the the elements in Buffalo is ridiculous. So I don't think the elements is going to be an issue as long as it's not cold and the wind's not blowing. It looked like one of my wedges I hit into like a fifty mile an hour wind. It blew, went back behind the tee box in my face. It's like rejection. So I don't think I don't think the weather's going to be an element. 
Um, but again, I think that whatever they need to fix, I know Terrence Steele's coming back this week, and I don't know if they're you know, Lyle Collins. I guess he's played enough, and they're paying a lot of money. They're going to keep him in the starting right tackle position, but they have got to figure out what they're doing. Because I think it's having insight. Because I think teams are figuring some things out. And as I mentioned, some of the the guys that they have, uh, Darren Payne is an amazing inside tackle. Their tackles are good. They got a good edge rusher. I mean, they they got a lot of guys. Daniel Wise, a good de- defensive end. Uh, and he's, you know, uh, uh, Cole uh, Holcomb is a tremendous line. But they so they flow very fast and they run. That's what they've done on defense. So. Whatever they're doing, whether it's continuity, whether it's execution, whether it's picking up these run blitzes what teams are doing, uh, Washington is watching that, and they're going to look exactly what happened last week against New Orleans. New Orleans, as we talked about, was very you know, talented front seven. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's going to be – because all of a sudden, you don't want to make – you don't make this team one-dimensional, and that's what they're going to try to do with, 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 with Dallas. So – I'm I'm both of the games against Washington are extremely important. Right. And again, they will happen over the course of the next three weeks. And actually, I don't know if you realize this, Tony, uh, across all four NFC East teams, there are 11 games left. Okay. Between the, the four of them, because some of a lot of those games happen against each other. Eight of those 11 games are NFC East matchups. So there are right. only, there are only three games left across all four NFC East teams where one of the teams will play a non-NFC East team. So we're about to see chaos. Like We're, we're about to see the standing shifting and moving and flying and adjusting and whatever. Um, and to that point, so Dallas and Washington, are they're about to play a sandwich. They get the two breads. But the meat in between these three weeks, Dallas will visit the New York Giants next week, and Washington will visit the Philadelphia Eagles. And so, again, both games, all these games are important. I'm not trying to diminish one or the other. But – if you're the Cowboys, is this not is this first one not more important? Because if you go get this first one, and the first one is in Washington, as, as mentioned by the weather and everything, you go get this one, you're nine and four, they're six and seven, and you already have at the very least split the tiebreaker with them because you've got one of the two. I mean, versus if you lose this one, man alive, that's terrifying because then, you know, you've given, you've breathed life into them. You know what I mean? And now they know we control our own destiny for sure. We got one more game against the Cowboys, but I'm not saying you can go like completely deflate their season because they might wind up a wild card team at the very least. But it, it, this, th- this first one is like, n- it's not the nail in the coffin, but it's like closing the coffin door before you put the nails in. Does that make sense? Yeah, RJ, I think it's I think they're all important now during this part of the season, juncture of the season. And I think it's I think it's it's good that you're playing division opponents in the last couple of months of your season. Because what do you need to do if you're going into postseason play? You got to be able to peak and be able to play and not just kind of limp in there, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, you want to stay healthy, which is what's they're getting everyone back. And so I don't want to hear any excuses. This game, this week, you got everyone back. Everyone's off the COVID list. Your coach is going to come off the COVID list. What shout out to Dan Quinn. I think he oh, did a big shout job. Out, I love that guy. Yeah. And so you get all your players. So there's really no excuse, right? I know that some of these, you know, you get Randy Gregory back and you get Neville Gallimore. I don't know how much snap, how many snaps I get. I didn't know how many snaps the Marcus Morris are getting. He got, he got more than what he, I guess people yeah. thought he would play. And he was a big factor. So the point is, is that this is great for them right now because this is where you got to start focusing, honing in. 
on how you're going to be playing in December and January mm-hmm. because that's who your identity is going into the, the postseason play. And you know, so to me, it starts now. I mean, it starts division opponents, and I like how they've kind of molded this last part of the season with division opponents because there's a lot uh, on the line, and they need they need that. And if that's going to really help them focus more, and because I know sometimes you get a little off track and you little ADD when it comes to, uh, you know, non-division opponents or, you know, AFC. This is what you need to really realize and get some identity going into the so-called postseason play. I agree 100% with what you're saying. And this is a nice, you know, Mike McCarthy likes to kind of break the season up into little little sections or little quadrants or whatever. And so this is one, right? This is your your NFC East run before the the playoffs start, the tournament starts, however you want to put it. Um, so so I agree with everything you're saying. I agree that you have no more excuses, right? If you're the Cowboys, because everyone's back. This, this you are about to be this Sunday for what we are saying, you know, objectively mm-hmm. is the biggest game of the season. You are about to be the healthiest you have been all season, and that's that's not an exaggeration. This is literally the healthiest that they will be. Because even in week one, Tony, they did not have Zach Martin. Zach Martin was on the COVID list in week one. Um, and then very quickly afterwards, Demarcus Lawrence was hurt. Michael Gallup was hurt. And then week two, Randy Gravery was on the COVID list. So ever since that first game you know, started, they've had somebody out for one reason or another, offense or defense, injury, COVID, head coach, Mike McCarthy, other staffers. You're about to you know, have all your staff, all your coaches. Everyone's going to be back again for the biggest game of the season for the most important stretch that you're about to begin. And so I agree entirely with you. However, the only thing I would not change or, or whatever, but I don't think the defense needs any excuses, but the defense has been like, if, if we had guessed what would be carrying this team in December at the beginning, we would not have said the defense, right? And, and this defense, I understand it was Taysom Hill. Um, and so you got to take that with a grain of salt. You know, I'm not about to say this. This is the 1992 Cowboys that were the number one defense in the NFL or anything, but they're they're doing their part. The part of the ball that is really slacking is on offense. And, you know, we're talking about everybody's back last week. Everybody was back. You had Amari. You had Michael Gallup. You had CeeDee Lamb. You had Dalton Schultz. You had Zeke because you wanted to. You had Tony Pollard. You had Tyron back. You had Lyle Collins in at right tackle, who a lot of people have wanted to see over Terrence Steele. Granted, he was out, to be fair. So you had everything going your way on the offensive side of the ball last week, and you did nothing. That's the part of the ball where you've, you're now, okay, fine. You are no longer on your short week. You know, lo- you know what I mean? Like, you're now playing on a Sunday. You know, that's a weird time. We're all willing to say that when you go Thanksgiving to Thursday. But fine, all that's over. You had your little mini-buy, little break. The offense better not come out and be flat because they have been really bad more often than not over the last month and change. Yeah, and Dak really hasn't played as uh, the level nah. that we want him to play. He's made some miscues. There's been some throws and decisions. And, 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 and look, I agree with you. My defense has really kind of carried the load the last few games, and they've played exceptionally well. The only thing I'm going to be critical of defense is that there are times that they give up too many damn big plays. Sure. And Taysom Hill, yeah, to me, he if they would have had a quarterback, that game oh. would have been a level closer. If it had I'm, been Taylor Heineke. Yeah, and, and so what I'm saying, so I'm not discounting anything. You can't – I've noticed in, in the NFL, and especially Dallas, you can't take any team for granted because anything can change and mm-hmm. the duration of the game or anything like that. But the fact that you need to be able to establish one of the, the strongest part of your teams has been in the past, and that's been the running game. And that's something that the dynamic inside or something 
the timing, something's off, whether it's Zeke or whatever. But I think offensively, this is a game that you got to run at the line of scrimmage. And to me, I think we've gotten so accustomed to how great this offensive line is. And, and look, I don't want to see this team going into the playoffs or, or, or playoffs or whatever, trying to go in and win the NFC East and beat Washington, having to count on the passing game. I just don't think that that's going to vote. The ratio with Kellen Moore, I thought it's some of the quirky uh, the call, play calls he played last week. I don't know Damn. what he was thinking, but it was just – I've never seen that play calling by him, some decisions made. It was just kind of absurd at, at times. But my point is, like, look, there's things that you want to clean up on on defense, but certainly the offense, we, 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 like to, we talk about complementary football, right, all the time. Uh, they need to be able to complement the defense and really kind of catch up and really – take advantage of scoring points and being having that explosiveness they've had. Kellen, so I we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, you and I, and I'm going to bring this up on our roundtable discussion later on today with the rest of the staff uh, when, when we stream that live on our YouTube channel. But something I've been thinking about over the last week, um, because on Thursday, Kellen Moore has his latest disappointing game as the play caller. And let's be very clear. Thursday was a very big opportunity for Kellen with Mike McCarthy not there and certainly hope that Mike McCarthy's feeling well in his family. Um, but with no Mike McCarthy, if Kellen Moore, I know Dan Quinn was was interim head coach for the night, but if Kellen's offense had looked great, I mean, Kellen would have significantly elevated himself in head coach discussions, right? Because it would have been a, a conversation of, Look at that. McCarthy's not there. Kellen's offense is still rolling. It's still moving. You know, I mean, that's that's the reality. I mean, you know the way this this world works. Absolutely the business world. Yeah. Right. And so, but the and, and and that would have been true regardless of when the game took place. But because it was an island game, it was the only game on Thursday night football, primetime, the whole world watched. I mean, and he he pooped himself. You know what I mean? Like now it's like <laughs> Kellen Moore. This is stupid. You know, this is really dumb. And it it was to be very clear. It was dumb all along that anybody ever said at the end of this season, I would fire Mike McCarthy and I would promote Kellen Moore. This is Kellen's fourth year ever as a coach, like ever, like in his whole mm -hmm. life. You know what I mean? And so there, there are some things he's clearly not maturing or ready for and that's okay because those things take time now that being said tony uh to to sort of come back you know from my criticism on sunday when the uh, the noon games kicked off it was announced that the carolina panthers fired offensive coordinator joe brady who is you know right around kellen's age regarded as one of the hot shot offensive minds in football today and and I know this will make you happy because you don't ever want to see anybody but Oklahoma have success in the Big 12, despite the fact that, like cowards, Oklahoma is leaving it. I can't think of a school with a level of pride that would leave the Big 12 for the SEC. Wait a no. second. I love how you just kind of – it's kind of like you, know, you say you set Kellen Moore up and, you know, and just, you say all this negative things. So, but – Anyway. But so, – So the point I was getting at before I took my Oklahoma dig, I actually, I, I really do have a soft spot for Oklahoma because of our show. My wife's a Sooner. So Oklahoma's, you know, now we're there. Hey, we got a defensive mind coach. That's all I'm going to say because we're talking about sure. Cowboys. That's all I'm going to say. Sure. Brent okay. Venables is going to be the Messiah of the defense in the SEC. Well, Big 12 for right now. But. He's going to find his his Tony Casillas. And then that gonna dude's going to get a Absolutely. A we're going to get some damn defensive players yeah. finally. Let's go. And then that dude's going to get a bakery in a Hallmark movie. But anyway, uh, so the point I was getting at uh, was along the lines of Joe Brady and Baylor 
was everybody said that the Cowboys made a huge mistake hiring Mike McCarthy over Matt Rule in two, what was what is now almost two years ago. Everybody said Matt Rule, Matt Rule, Matt Rule. Matt Rule is terrible as an NFL coach. And Matt Rule's guy, Joe Brady, he just had to fire to sac- and sacrifice to save himself. I mean, so all I'm saying is I think over the last week, Mike McCarthy's shine has really picked up. You know, and Dan Quinn's too. And you meant all credit in the world to Dan Quinn. Really happy for him. But Kellen, you know, this offense no longer looks like this. Uh, everybody said, you've heard, you've seen it all, Tony, on Twitter. This offense oh, yeah. is all, only good because of Kellen Moore. That has proven to be untrue. Um, Matt Rule is a better coach than Mike McCarthy. That has proven to be untrue. Mike McCarthy, you know, big shock here, Tony, is of value to the Dallas Cowboys. This has been a, you know, it's been a challenging week. I don't want to make light of it. But, you know, this this week has really, I think, highlighted just how important Mike McCarthy is to the overall stability and success with the Cowboys. Well, there's there's so many people, though, that don't give him enough credit. I, right. I talk to people, like, well, what do you think about Mike McCarthy? I think he's a great, great coach. And so, well, he, what has he done? I said, well, I mean, he's kind of flipped the switch on this team over the last year, but you know, the whole Matt rule and firing his offensive coordinator. And I know this week, this week, the Cowboys playing Washington, Jack Del Rio is the defensive coordinator. I played with Jack and I remember when he talked and he mentioned like turn on his boy to save his ass. I remember when Jack Del Rio was the, uh, was the head coach of Jacksonville and he had to fire uh, Bill Bates. And I, Bill was telling me he did it through a via a text message or something like that. So, wow. They had uh, text messages what, back then. That was like 2006. Oh, well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> called him. I don't know. Emailed him. Maybe. I don't know. I, it's work with me. I'm trying to. Sure. It, it adds, it adds to the story. adds to the story. But, uh, to my point is that it's amazing how we go they, day by day, but mm-hmm. week by week with these teams in the National Football League, it's like everything is trending on social media. It's kind of like teams in the NFL, what whatnot. And so, you know, the stability and just the, I would say the consistency to me means more than anything because coaches are going to have bad games, just like players, right? You're going to make bad calls. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you're a defensive coordinator, you're out there and you're not, you're just getting this gouged by the run. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're going to line up seven guys in line of scrimmage and we're going to worry about the run. Well, then all of a sudden the offense decides, okay, we're going to start, we're going to get them down in this box and then we're going to run like, you know, quick passes or something like that. And so it's, it's such a, it's such a, this vibe game. When I say vibe, it's all about how you're playing the vibe of the game and Kellen Moore and defensive play call and everything. It's how it's how you're playing and the, and the adjustments and everything. And so, you know, the, the thing about the, the NFL is that there's so many great players and really good coaches. You know, to me, it's all about the momentum. And I say that because I think as a player, you have to get this good vibe and this good energy. And I think right now, Mike McCarthy has figured out this team, the players on this team, and – you know, with the record, you know, at eight and four and where they're setting uh, and having a chance to go nine and four and playing Washington, a huge game. I think we're going to find out a little bit more identity about this team and how they respond. And to me, you know, we said that, you know, during this, the, the, there's so many pivotal games during mm-hmm. the year. We, we talked about the beginning of the year when they beat the Chargers and when they, you know, the Kansas City game, they had a chance to win that. And then, you know, the old uh, Atlanta game, which to me didn't really mean a whole lot because the next week they got blown out by Denver. So, you know, to me, this is this is what you like as a player, RJ, 
get me, get me into the December where it's a long season. Give me some momentum. Give me some energy because I'm rigor mortis is starting to, you know, to, to set in because it is a long season. But you got a lot of guys back that haven't played, so it kind of reinvigorates its energy. So that's what I like about the, the fact that this month is all about division opponents. And to me, that's you, you get up for those games. Um, this is my last thing for, for today's show. And I wanted to tweet this out, but I just I couldn't fit it into a tweet the way I liked. So I wanted to give it some context. Uh, but I did tweet out. I don't know if you realize this, Tony. This is the first time that Dak Prescott will play against the Washington football team. Um, just because, you know, the, that organization has only had this name since last year and Dak missed both games against Washington. He's only ever played against them under their old name. Um, and so when I was thinking about that, you know, Washington swept Dallas last year and both of those games were very challenging for the Cowboys for very different reasons. The first game that they played was in Washington and Zach Martin was out. He, he had to miss that game. And it was Andy Dalton's second start. And then Andy Dalton got hurt off the cheap shot from John Bostic. Ben DiNucci had to come in. And then, and then he would he would start the next week on Sunday Night Nightmare. Football. Yeah. So, Nightmare is all over the place. So that was the first one. The second one was on Thanksgiving last year. Um, and, you know, and I've said this for over a year now. I've, I've hate, hated to bring this up related to football because it has you know so much life is so much more important than football uh but it was right after marcus paul passed away in, in yeah. you know that very short time frame and you know mike mccarthy even said that week he had no idea how, the, how they were going to play and obviously mm -hmm. you know they, they did not play well for very understandable reasons um so this my, the point i'm getting at is this is the the first time that the mike mccarthy led dallas cowboys are going to play washington in, in the way that Mike McCarthy has viewed this team, right? He, he's going to have Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb and Zach Martin and his offensive linemen, and they're, they're coming off of rest. And you can certainly say that Washington is dealing with their fair share of injuries too. So it's not, it's not as if, you know, you're getting a full-strength football team here. But, you know, everybody was so upset about Dallas getting swept by them last year. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to give them mulligans or anything for last year. But okay, Mike McCarthy, you you're a better coach than Ron Rivera. You you want to own this team? You have everything going your way, you know, and you yourself are now back. This this is you know this is this should be this should be it, right? Like you're you're playing the reigning division champions on the road with you know the NFC East on the line. December's here. Tony Casillas is all pumped up about it, fresh off his trip to New York City. You know, like this this has to be a win. If if, if you want to be the big boy football team that we think you can be, you have to win this game. Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a big game, and there's a lot that could be riding on this. And this is just the first step. And uh, you know, I, I I think that I look at both coaches. I like it. You mentioned Ron Rivera. I mean, he, to to me, how about his story? He's a cancer uh, survivor. Fantastic human being. Playing for him. Yeah, and I think that he gets everything out of him, and that just kind of tells you his character. And I I think that when you play a game in a division like this, this is what you want. I cannot reiterate that enough. My generation, this current generation, because there's something at stake. There's always something at stake when you play. And so to me, that's, uh, you know, that, that's been the, the narrative for this, this, this whole matchup and rivalry. And, and, uh, last time I checked, uh, Dak Prescott is seven to one against the, the Washington franchise. So that's, that's not right. a bad record when he's playing. 
And his only loss, um, I did tweet this out too, came uh, when they called the snap infraction penalty on LP Laduser, uh, which was really ridiculous at the oh, time. That's right. Um, that was kind of a quirky call. It was. And then they missed the what would have been the game tying field goal. Uh, that would and then it would have gone to overtime. So they missed that field goal. They lost that dropped them to three and four on the season. And the next day they sent their two uh, their, their 2019 first round pick to the then Oakland Raiders uh, to acquire Amari Cooper. And then they came out and they lost to the Tennessee Titans after the bye. Um, and then you and I said, they're going to lose these next five games. And then they won all five of them. <laughs> Little did uh, we know. <laughs> so, um, so in a lot of ways, you know, the one loss he has ever had against this team is responsible for everything they've done offensively over the last three years, because it spurred the trade for Amari Cooper, which is a, an interesting kind of butterfly effect moment. And one of the best trades, I think, and I'd have to look at the history of the Cowboys is certainly up there in the top three. I agree. Um, well, Tony, um, get ready for some Hallmark. Uh, if you're watching, you, let me just ask the last question. You're, you're watching a Hallmark movie at home. The lights are down. The tree, the tree is the only light on. You know, the, the twinkling lights from your Christmas tree are the only lights on in the house. You got your blanket. The dogs are curled up. Everything's good. You're watching your Hallmark movie. What snack are you eating in this hypothetical? Uh, you're going you're gonna to laugh at me. But I, because I had this last night. You ever had nutter butter cookies, dude? Hell yeah! Why would I laugh oh at that? My. That's an awesome uh, answer. I just, I was just like, I just had them last night, and I was, I, it was just me and my dog, <laughs> and I was watching Monday Night Football. Uh, no one's at home. My wife, she's on the road and working, and and it's just me and the dogs, and I'm sitting there pounding some junk food and watching, watching the the Winter Wonderland of the Bills and uh, the the Patriots. So I just thought, hey, it only be appropriate to have. I'm not even going to tell you how many nut or butter cookies I had. <laughs> Dude, that is honestly the best answer you could have possibly had. Um, so uh, well done. Shout out to Nutter Butter. Um, okay. Uh, Tony, you said it all. Everybody uh, will be back next week. Uh, once we're, we're back on our game on Sunday, next game on Sunday schedule has, has resumed full normalcy. Uh, get yourself some Nutter Butters. Uh, maybe get to New York City, but if you do, make sure you wear some comfortable shoes. Uh, we'll see you next week, everyone. This was the 750.